0: I imagine Alia Trapp lacing up her stomping boots before walking into the executive suite of a major bank in the New York City skyrise. She takes time to look each business suited man in the eye before sitting and saying, I'm your diversity consult. The room bristles but Alia hums with confidence and in an infectious laughter that disarms each executive in turn before she lays out just how much revenue the organization is losing by not prioritizing equity and inclusion. Against the odds, she gets the group to sign off on specific steps they will take to make their company more welcoming to BIPOC employees. The C-suite, which is accustomed to moving on to the next order of business even before presenters are done, waits for Alia to go, almost in deference to having met someone they know, in their depths, may just change the world. I can't imagine Alia driving her bright orange Jeep to a venue to play bass in a Grateful Dead cover band. Or teaching her roommates to cook gorgeous, healthy meals to improve the way they feel. Or freaking out about weird bugs while working in an organic garden to learn about what goes into growing produce. As you will discover in today's episode, Alia is someone who thrives when learning something new. Both because the newness makes experiences vivid, and more importantly, because they offer her another way to connect with the people she meets. In the ampersand we call this bringing together of the impossible the alchemy of anding together we'll hear stories of humans who imagine and create by colliding their interests rather than thinking of and as a simple conjunction in that conjunction junction kind of way we will hear stories of people who see and as a verb a way to speak the beautiful when you intentionally let the soft animal of your body love what it loves as saint mary oliver asks what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life Oh, I love this question. When I'm mothering, creating, and collaborating, it reminds me to replace a singular idea of what I think I should become with a full sensory verb about experiencing. I'm Erica Randall, and this is Alia Trapp on The Ampersand.
1: I worked as a DI consult for a few banks. And I had to come in as my, like, 20-year-old female brown self and sit myself down in an office of all executives from ages 50 to 70, I want to say. And you were their consult. And I was their console yes. and I, I'm talking to like CEOs and everything. Yes. So I'm like, oh my gosh. I was quaking in my boots before I walked in. Were you it wearing like, boots? Were you wearing actual boots? I actually was wearing boots. Yes. I was ground wearing some of my down. yes. And they were my st- I call them my stomping boots yes. too. They're like thick. Anyways, I, I needed that I needed that ground that day. But anyways, and I it was in like the glass room and everything. I was like, oh my You're gosh.
2: Like I am in a nightmare dream yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So and I think coming a like something that I think that I've that got, I've gotten good at over the years, especially growing up in the South, where not everyone wants to hear my opinion, or not even my opinion, just the knowledge that I have learned about social justice work and that needs to be shared, is understanding my audience. It's like so. For example, with the banks, I would start economic forward. I would start economic forward and All then right, warming kind of them up. Right. Warming yeah. it up, saying Speaking like, hey, like your business is not doing well because you are not diverse. And here are the statistics to show that. Uh-huh. Statistics. That's what a lot data. of people data, data, data. Do. Brr, data data. So and then kind of like on the end, on the back end, kind of yeah. then starting to talk about things like queer agendas, feminist agendas, something like off the rip. I always try to be like my authentic self, like off the rip. And I think that has also helped me to like attract people in because it's like they know who I am from the jump. So, it, you know, if they if they're not going to roll with me, they're probably going to run, I guess. Yeah. Or I don't they're know gonna gonna where they really roll and they're going to get into exactly. what it is that you have. Exactly.
2: So I think that that's something that's been like, that's how I built a lot. Is that of how you got into that gig to start with? Where you did you have yeah, a mentor that got actually, you there or did you just yeah. say there's a need? I'm stepping in.
1: Yeah. 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 I actually got in through. So my stepdad has. He's a banker as well. So I got him through that and he kind of he listens to you. Oh, yeah. He listens to me. And that's been huge for us, too, because I think, uh, you know, at the beginning of and he's probably going to listen to this later on. But, you know, at the beginning of he and I's relationship, we didn't really hear each other super well. And then having like the ability to have conversations like that now is so I don't want to cry. It's so meaningful to me because it has just connected us in such a different way. And he trained you up to these hard conversations. And you trained him up. Exactly. Exactly. And I like that. Yeah. We really helped... We we've really taught each other a lot and that's been really huge. And so he yeah, he kind of guided me into that. And then also, you know, like we have he kind of talked to me a lot about the conversations about how there is such a need for diversity and inclusion within banking, especially when it comes to discriminatory practices towards like even like giving out loans and then like Absolutely. things regarding that. So he kind of gives me a lot of knowledge in that. Have you sector. read The Some of Us? I
2: haven't. Ooh. Need to? Check it out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Talks but about some of us. Yeah, the economics and politics of uh, race. And it, it, it's been a, a huge book in the last uh, little bit of time, but I think you'll dig okay. it, Some of Us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Check Interesting. It. Yeah. I'll write it down. I'll, yeah. We'll, and I was about we'll, to ask that. We'll, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll text you. Yeah. So this, you're a student, but you've already worked for banks and you have a band and you care about food. And you yeah. care about feeding your soul and your human body and you care about you care about a lot. So when we're talking about anding in this podcast, it, it's like Alia cares about this and cares about this. And how, so is there a carometer that gets like depleted like, or is it all just like Phew, all all cares? I think that's kind of more.
1: It's just like pew, pew, pew. Like I'm I'm honestly all over the place at some points. But. That's what I loved when you when you sent me the questions and like focused in on anding. When I showed my best friend Jessie the question, she was like, This is so you, it's crazy.
2: (laughs) Because so when the food did you identify though as an Ander before you saw the questions? I didn't
1: identify as an Ander because I don't even think I realized what I could even take that on. I don't even know, but it's all I do. Yeah. So I guess the care-o-meter, you know, I think it goes through like a lot of things that affect it, honestly, are my classes. Whatever classes I'm in at the moment, I'm like full throttle, full going care. into that, full care to this topic right now. And then the other things, I guess, go down a little. And it's not that I care about them less. I guess it's less on my mind. But I do get overwhelmed at points. Okay.
2: I do get overwhelmed. But at point. is that just a natural has that always been like you really care about ballet, then you really care about guitar? If something's in front of you, it is in front of you and you are doing it. Yeah. I so we can't teach yeah. So uh, if this podcast we're gonna try to teach people how to care more, is it just listening to you that's gonna help? Or do you have a prescription for caring more? Or is it just really show up in the lane? What like or is it just so innate to you you don't even know what the alchemy is? I think it is
1: pretty innate, but I also think it is showing up. Mm -hmm. And that's what that's a lot of things that I talk about, even with my friends when I'm talking about social justice and like what it even looks like to begin to get into it. If you're like, okay, hey, I want to be a part of the conversation. How do I get there? And that's what I always say. I'm just like, just show up. Bring your bring your body there, get your body, get your body to a position or a place or an environment where, you know, you think that you might gain some knowledge from someone show up. So I think that that's I think that's the most important thing because but I also think for me personally, I show up and whatever it is, I'm going to go full throttle into it. And I understand that not everyone has that same personality trait, I guess,
2: but I still think it's just so powerful to show up. When you show up around food, I show up for food like an ordering, or I show up for food okay. like washing the dishes. Okay. You don't just show up to eat, to sustain. You're like, how can I heal the planet while feeding myself, while... Making sure that everybody knows that this particular legume has a feminist eco-feminist perspective, and we're gonna mix and match these. is that like talk to me about this? cause okay. I really like microwave and I'm good at grilling, ok. ok. but i don't I don't know how to do the things I care about with food. Like,
1: ok. you, So I love this question because I am crazy about food. I am crazy about it. And it's always been something really important to me because my mom has always cooked. She is crazy. She's, you know, she's the kind of person who just opens up the fridge and just you see the ingredients and then you throw something together. No recipe needed. No recipe. And that didn't intimidate you because my mom is a really good cook and it, it just made me go, oh, that's cool. That's your thing. No, I don't think it intimidated me because of how much she invited me in mm. and like now now I'm not gonna lie I can do the same thing I can open up the fridge and yes. cook whatever but it's because she invited me in so much when when I would you know want to cook with her I'd be like alright so how much of this mom and she's just like well just you know how much you think, and I'm like, okay, all right, girl. And if it didn't turn out good, she would never be like, oh gosh, so bad. Too much cardamom. Yeah, you're never welcome in the kitchen again. She's just like, yeah, girl, whatever. It's like life, you know. Like sometimes you mess up in the kitchen, but you keep going, you keep learning, and you keep growing. My mom and I talk on the phone every day. We, she, I've learned so much from her, and I think I am now in a position where she learned so much from me. And it's great because she and I are having conversations like you and I are having like all day, every day, not in a harmful way whatsoever. Always in like a fu- food is fuel and good food is fuel. And also food doesn't have to be and cooking doesn't have to be something that's far out, not for you and not for anyone. And there are things that everyone can do in the kitchen on every single level of income as well that I think isn't talked about a lot. And I think that that's really harmful to a lot of people because then you kind of grow up with a lot of food patterns that just aren't really sustainable for yourself. And then those habits form over time. And then it forms just like, you know, toxicities within your body that affect your mental and just everything. I mean, your gut is Everything.
2: And if you want to trust your gut, you got to take care of the gut. You got
1: to take care of the gut. Exactly. So I think that that's something I grew up around. I think something that has really helped me understand how, like, a lot of people weren't invited into the kitchen like this when they were younger. A lot of people's parents weren't even in the kitchen. And I was very fortunate to have a mom who really made it. A priority. We're having a home cooked
2: meal, and I'm feeling guilt and shame right now about myself. But I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust that it's gonna work out. No,
1: no guilt, (laughs) no shame, no shame.
2: But so, no, it's beautiful.
1: You know, food feeds my soul as well as my body, and so. I try to make it like my little art piece. I I love to like give it some form of presentation or make it fun or like. Not mac
2: and cheese out of the pot. You don't do that. Okay, (laughs) this is going to go really well for me later. It's really hot though when you yeah. eat it out of the pot by the stove, <laughs> and it tastes better. Which maybe no. if I ate it at room temperature, I would taste the toxicity of the mac and cheese, and then I could trust my gut. About, and then
1: you could, yeah, yeah, slowing down. I won't even lie. I love a box of Kraft <laughs> mac and cheese when I'm really craving it. And that's okay. Like I'm talking all of this cold foods and everything. Yes. I'm not. I don't want to say I'm perfect with food. No, no, no. None of us are, right? Exactly. Exactly. But also something that's taught me so much about Whole Foods is, so I garden for this man named Carl, um, and he lives like five minutes from campus. I mean, he's just one of the most amazing characters in my life. He has this massive, extensive garden, and we... So, you know, I, I go probably like once or twice a week. During the summer, I go every day or every other day. But you get in the dirt. In the dirt. And he loves it. He thinks yeah. it's so funny how I'm like, girl, look at this big worm. Or like I freak out about like weird bugs and stuff like that. Yeah. And he thinks it's just hilarious. But having conversations with him about food has been really interesting. So he donates probably 100 pounds of squash, crazy amounts of tomatoes, everything like that to the food bank every single So you see season. that
2: as part of another arrow to DEI. Exactly, to yeah. exactly. So that's been another So there's thing. production, right? there's the transmission, there's so many different w- routes into DEI thinking with food.
1: Right, exactly. And also, this is something that my mom and I have a lot of conversations about. But it's been so great having someone like Carl in my life inspired me to say, oh, here's, here's ways that we can be inclusive with food food we can we can teach people also how to grow their own gardens or hopefully you know if there's something at the food being you can cook vegetables in so many different ways that's so easy so delicious
2: and so fulfilling and simple like and that's simple that was the thing that i had been learning in post the world i'm like oh olive oil yeah. salt and pepper yeah. It's not that hard. No. But prepping, having the time. And right. I think that's another part of the whole DEI conversation. I think the feminist conversation is how do we make time? How do we make time, how for, do we food? Make time for food? How do we make time? Not just to eat it, right. but to really prepare it in a way that feels not like a chore. And that that is when we want to be in a different space of mind that doesn't feel like work. So how does it not feel like work? And how do you bring joy to it so that you can participate with your food and with your families or with your communities in a way that feels different? It's super powerful.
1: So I think when I don't have time to cook I always have something in my refrigerator that's a quick prep and I can cook on the go. When I have time to prep, I make sure I do. So then when I'm in the crazy school week and I don't have time to, you know, get in the kitchen and like Mm -hmm. chill and play my music and cook and stuff like that, it's like I still have something in the fridge that I know I can rely on that I can cook really quickly. But then another way is that I think interacting with food in a way that doesn't make it feel like a chore Mm -hmm. is Cooking for my friends, for my people around
2: me is... Food is my love. If you can't tell, food's my love language. language. It's my love language. Eating food is my love language. Yeah. And so a lot of my friends are like that. Yeah. And I'll do all the dishes. Yes. Yes. I will do all the dishes because I am so grateful for that. And I I know how to stop and slow down when someone else has prepared a meal. The only way I can get myself to slow down is and to make it pretty is I have an incredible friend in Scotland who is really good. Like you. Food love language. Okay. I will have to make a plate that would be photography-worthy Okay. for Katie okay so that's the only way I'll do it is I have to take and pictures you have to take of a my, photo because yeah. I wouldn't do it just for me I gotta do it for a photo for a photo that's sad days yeah okay.
1: well I mean you know it's whatever whatever floats your goat I guess <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know if we want our goats floating <laughs> No, I, we don't I guess actually no. <laughs> we actually sang a song about floating goats at the camp that I went to for a ton of years anyways that's a tangent It's so good but yeah so another way one last thing I did want to say so my best friend Jesse she's an integrated physiology major Mm -hmm. and you know I'm international affairs and ethnic studies and she loves cooking as well but I'll kind of take the reins a lot of times if like I'm cooking for us Um, she'll just be chopping whatever and This is really important times for us because we learn so much from each other. She teaches me so much from her classes. Yeah, you're like study buddies in the kitchen. We're study buddies in the kitchen, but like she's studying for her exam by explaining to me what she's learning. And I'm studying for my exam explaining to her. And in that kind of interaction in the kitchen is I live for it. She's in this exercise physiology class right now. And. And she's just like, we have all of these conversations about activity and like what, how different kinds of activity affects the body. And I'm learning so much about different pathways and things that I would oh, never yeah. have learned yeah. in my classes. And then I get to teach her about social justice stuff and development in Africa and all the things that I'm learning. So it's great. That
2: is another way interacting with food is just huge. When, I, when you talk about development in Africa... And then where your lens has shifted to see that as, oh, we might mean colonizing Africa. I think about your friend who's an iFi she might be talking about movement pathways that colonize the body, but wouldn't have had that language yeah. without the conversation in the kitchen. So I think about how ballet has colonized my body in a particular yeah. vertical dimension. Right. And um, made it harder for me to drop into the weight of swing dance when right. I first started. So it had a, there was a, a, a colonizing of the body. Someone who's studying iFi might not get that language unless they're chopping vegetables with you. Right. And talking about the difference between development and coloniality. Yeah. Okay. Do, do you do you all chart those aha moments with each other like oh my god that actually fits in my world or does it just happen and then you're it just sharing really just the same happens. lexicon yeah. because I think also
1: those are the kinds of conversations that inspire me on the daily and like that's the kind of stuff that I really want to talk about with people and I always am I'm always hey let's talk about this and then we can connect in multiple different ways and even like another one of my roommates is a psychology major and so she she knows so much about the mental side of how a lot of the things that i talk about with discrimination and how that affects people in the community and then
2: she's like well hey this is how it affects you mentally
1: and so it's all it's it's making those kinds
2: of connections that i oh live God, the for planet's gonna be okay the planet's yeah. gonna be okay when i think about you and your friends at a dinner party i just think the planet is gonna be okay it's
1: you know we we I'm I'm blessed. I have I have a great group of people around me that want to hear me, which I think is just so huge as we talked about just yes. a bit ago. It's so having a circle of people that are inspired by me and that I can constantly be inspired by is just oh. But anyways,
2: <laughs> I love it. We can keep going and going, but I think I can't keep going and going. I think it's time for our speed round. So in the quick and dirty, this is our flash okay. round. I'm going to ask you questions. Try not to think too much. Just okay. like go with it. Just step in. All right. So this, I'm going to give you a topic and you need to say the first word, ideally that contains an and that comes to your mind. So if I say best anding meal... Like the Sam and Sam from Audrey Jane's Pizza Garage, okay. you would say. Oh my gosh, why is this so hard for me? Probably squash and squash
1: and yeah, squash? squash. I oh miso butternut squash soup. Made that the other day. Crazy. Never thought I would put some umami and some butternut squash and make it like
2: Asian peanutty style as well. And and awesome. I love that. Okay next sheet okay best so okay pause best ending meal i want to eat that and i'm just thinking about that now it's good especially if you make homemade focaccia with it you did not just say homemade focaccia <laughs> oh, focaccia. focaccia focaccia all right you're you're on a road trip okay. Okay, you're driving back from the South to here. It's been a long drive. You're like at that dark part of like the, you know, like where you're getting droopy lids, you know, that terrible part. I've made this drive so mm-hmm. many times. Okay, so. so what is the the album that has and in it that you would put on for that second wind? Graceland by Paul Simon. I love how you got the and inside the land of Graceland. You did that. Look Alia. at me.
1: You we did we that. are geniuses. We're geniuses.
2: Okay. I also have to say that um, my partner had never heard that album because they were born that year and I had to play Graceland for them. And I was like, you think Vampire Weekend did a thing? No. They took it from Paul Simon. No, they took it took from it Paul from S- Africa. Yes. Yes. Literally. Okay. But
1: that's why it's an and. Yeah. It's That's an and. why it's an yeah. and. Yeah. And
2: he, he also it, did like
1: bring up. He did. But I think that yeah. also brings in an and and a conversation that you can have about, <sighs> he, about it.
2: Yeah. While well, you're listening. you would be mm-hmm. like, oh, all you Vampire Weekend. Vans. if yeah. you're listening to Graceland, yep. let's talk about what's actually happening.
1: I mean, that's how you start. You're like, oh, hey, hear these African tones in this music. Yep. Let's talk about neocolonialism in Africa. Yes. Boom.
2: And? And now you're awake on the road trip. Yeah. Okay. The best evening with friends. This and this with your friends. Food and card games. Food and card games. You, could. Honestly, I'm really competitive. Trivial pursuit. Any trivia game is just like... It's, it's happening. Or Catan. <laughs> it, it, Catan. Okay, no, that doesn't work. Okay, a <laughs> class title you couldn't refuse that had and in it. A class title I couldn't refuse? African Development. Africa and Development? Yeah. Who taught it?
1: Oh, uh, Cohen. But I'm also taking another class on Africa and Development and Dr. Osborne amazing amazing game human game. game changing literally wow senior seminar class just get to sit in a circle with 14 other awesome students and just have the best conversations that's most everything. insightful conversations
2: oh i'm feeling really jelly that's beautiful <laughs> though i am like please can this class go on forever yeah that's amazing <laughs> it sounds like you have a ton of these but an ander you admire An ander I admire
1: Carl Mm -hmm. and my mom, Mm -hmm. my mom for sure. I guess I just didn't want to give the basic answer, but my mom's no one has said mom yet. So you're winning. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, my mom's an ander. Mm -hmm. My mom taught me how to and.
2: She taught me, uh, yeah, love that woman. You would love her. I'm going to love her. You love her. I'm going to love her. Okay, last thing. On each episode, okay. we ask our guests to offer up something like you would say at a graduation commencement, and may the, or and I, or and as you go forth, what would you say that starts with and and would lead the next generation to the next? Mm.
1: I guess as you progress forward, don't forget. Don't forget to bring people with you. As you go forward, don't forget to bring people with you. I want to go with you. Yeah, come on. I'll cook.
0: (laughs) The Ampersand is written and produced by me, Erica Randall, and Tim Grassley. If there are folks you'd like to hear from on the ampersand, do please email us at asinfo at Our theme music was composed and performed by Nelson Walker, a CU Boulder alum, brilliant cellist, composer, and a fantastic dancer. Episodes are recorded at Interplay Studios in Boulder, Colorado. I'm Erica Randall, and this is the ampersand.